0: Uh, hey, w- yesterday, about this time, we talked with state senator robert martwick uh, he 's been really uh, knee deep in looking at all the pension issues uh, and somebody who understands what 's going on out there, at least with the latest legislative movements. Uh, and some of the lay of the land, but to get some to reactions, some of what uh, Senator Martwick shared with us yesterday, uh, we're joined by uh, Ted Dabrowski. He's the president of Wirepoints, uh, a uh, public finance watchdog who looks at these numbers and uh, also has their uh, their own take. Of what's going on, uh, Ted? Thanks for taking time with us this morning. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, Greg. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, I think the last time I talked to you, you guys had 40 inches of snow in the past uh, two weeks, but uh, it's a little different up there now, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. We're excited about the weekend, so. <laughs>
0: Uh, same here looking forward to it okay so let's get into this uh, we're talking 140 billion dollar unfunded pension liability but a new number that was put out today uh, or this week rather from Moody's uh, shot that up to like a hundred and uh, shot it up to 317 billion dollars what's going on here
1: that's right well their previous number was 240 billion so it's a big increase uh, for for Moody's and Moody's measures the, the pension debts a little bit differently than the state does more conservatively. And, uh, you know, they're a watchdog, too, for what's happening in the state. And so uh, they take a more conservative position and, are, you know, see the numbers as much bigger and, and are much more concerned about it, I think, than, than our state officials are.
0: So, if you could, just I guess um, in layman's terms, uh, explain the difference between how the state gets to uh, what the you know audits say is one hundred and forty plus billion dollars of unfunded liability. to what Moody's said uh, before uh, it was two hundred and thirty. Now it's three hundred and seventeen billion dollars. Why is there that drastic difference?
1: yeah, the, the big thing is the different assumptions that are used for how much money uh, to keep it simple, how much money the funds will make in their investments over time. And the state keeps uh, using assumptions that they'll make about 7% every year on the money that they have, where Moody says, well, no, no, rates rates are much, much lower now. Interest rates are much, much lower. And so you can't project at 7%. You need to project at something much more conservatively. So they, they use a rate of about 2.7%. And you know that, that assumption right there makes a big difference in how big the hole is for eventually for taxpayers to have to put in more money into the pension funds to make them whole.
0: You know, we've seen this even here locally uh, when delving into some of the uh, Springfield City pensions. Uh, an alderman uh, on the city council for years has been raising the issue about uh, the uh, assumed rate of return that uh, the city hires actuaries to, to calculate. Uh, and that's on a local level, but that also happens on a state level. I've covered uh, teacher retirement system hearings where uh, they have the actuaries bring the numbers and they vote on what that number is going to be uh, when they are too generous with their rate of return and it doesn't end up being the case who ends up footing the bill for that
1: right there's always a hole right we, we never there's always a problem with these pension plans uh, in terms of what they actually you know what the actual debt is and uh, it's always the taxpayers who are on the hook because the, uh, the the laws state that the employees of those pension plans you know they always put in the same amount that that amount doesn't change so if there's money missing it's on the hook you know taxpayers are on the hook and that's the big problem and that's why Moody's actually s- tries to use a more conservative rate so that we tell the truth about what the right number is that, uh, that we owe. And that's $317 billion, not the $144 billion that the state says.
0: Ted Dabrowski with us. He's president of WirePoints on the WMAY morning news feed. To that, uh, it sounds like it would mean uh, if we did the more conservative, kind of more realistic rate of return, uh, it would require more money up front to pay these, these pension bills. Is that, uh, yeah, is that and- what we should and- take away from
1: this? Well, that, that's right, Greg. It, it, it's saying, look, the hole is much bigger. Therefore, we should be putting in far, far more. And uh, you know, there's there's a different, a whole bunch of different financial analysts, but one of them says that if we're properly funding our pensions for what the actuaries would require, we'd be putting in half of the state budget right now into pensions to get it, you know, into healthy position sometime soon. Not not the thirty. You know, we're putting quarter to thirty percent of the budget now. So the problem is far bigger, and I think. I think really what it means for for you know people's eyes glaze over when you talk pensions, but what people need to understand this is like a this is like imagine that you you have a mortgage and you keep putting in more and more money to pay down that mortgage, and the more you put in, the bigger the debt gets. It's like it's almost like a nightmare, right? You're, you just keep putting in more and more, and every time they tell you, "Sorry, but you owe double now. You owe you know three times more." And that's effectively what's happening. We can't get out of this mess. It's a it's a it's a nasty spiral we're in.
0: Well, in the ramp uh and this is something that uh, senator martwick's talked about before is uh you know the ramp in the next few years we're going to see increased funding increased funding every year uh it's going to cost uh, you know 10 billion dollars another year it's going to cost 12 billion dollars and so on uh but then we get to a certain point in that ramp where it starts to uh kind of scale down a bit um do we have the wherewithal in this state to to keep on that track, uh, or is it a, a question about maybe looking to reduce those owed benefits? Because, it's because listen, if, if we end up doing 30-plus, 40% of the state's budget, that's going to crowd out social services for uh, you know children who need it, uh, for for schools, uh, for a variety of other
1: things, right? That's right, Greg. It's going to crowd out everything. But I think the bigger issue is nobody's going to stick around Illinois. You know, we're going to lose more and more people because they're going to say, look, it's too expensive. And, it's, and, I'm, and I'm not paying for new services and better services. I'm, I'm paying more and more for worse services, and it's all going to pension debt. So let me move somewhere else where, I can, where my money goes further, and, and there's no penalty for moving, right, except for you, know, you have to leave loved ones, family, or, or a state that you love. But, um, but hey, I, Greg, I want to make one thing. Kudos to to, to Martwick for actually speaking on pensions. It's been a while since a Democrat has talked about pension reform, and so the fact that he's even talking about it I think is think a big deal. Uh, we may not agree on everything here so far, but um, – The fact that he's bringing up the potential for for reforms and the need for reforms, I think, is, is, is a really good sign.
0: Yeah, uh, and he's kind of one of those uh, legislators I go to to talk about pensions. Uh, it's him and, and uh, Republican State Representative Mark Batnick uh, to kind of get uh, you know both sides of the uh, the political spectrum there because they're just knee deep in this stuff and they uh, they they're able to really boil it down in a, uh, a nice uh, concise manner uh, for people to better understand. But yeah, Senator Martwick has talked about uh, you know possibly uh, looking into setting up 401k. It's worthy of having a discussion. Uh, he's talked about the legislator um, pension system, how uh, abysmal that is is 16% funded, uh, and how there might be uh, an opportunity uh, with some reforms there. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, are these little piecemeal reforms really going to do anything, or do we need to do something drastic like opening up uh, all new employees into a, uh, a 401k-style plan?
1: Yeah, I mean, in the end, that's what we need to do. Uh, we need to move to 401k-style plans for all workers. Uh, all the piecemeal stuff, right, all it does is we have, a, we have a huge problem. Greg, nobody in the country looks like Illinois. We are... We are like the, the the national outlier, the outcast. We're the financial deadbeat when you look at these pension debts and what it's doing to our budget, and what that means effectively is what it's doing to tax taxes that people are paying, and to the crowd out that's happening. Nobody looks like us, and Moody's warning about that. that you know, these law, these pensions have destroyed our state, uh, and and they have to be changed. And if we keep doing a piecemeal, we'll just keep losing people like we've been doing, and uh, we'll, we'll just continue the spiral. So yeah, it takes big reforms. You know, Wirepoints we've laid out a whole. 401k style plan reform, uh, it takes a lot more than just doing that, right? We have to talk about cost of living adjustments. Uh, we have to talk about retiree health insurance. All those things are, are massive. It's, it's a huge albatross around our neck. And, and until we, we address those, and, and, you know, Mark is starting to talk about it, until we do, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a downward spiral.
0: Ted, something else I want to uh, get your take on because Wirepoints uh, has also been tracking COVID nineteen data uh, for all of the pandemic uh, and really putting together uh, you know charts and graphs and showing uh, the trends of all of this. Uh, we're getting ready to see a, a full year's worth of uh, uh, COVID nineteen uh, consecutive orders. The governor's uh, order uh, lapses uh, March seventh, I believe, which is. Uh, Sunday. Uh, it's still unclear if he's going to re-up the orders, uh, but of course, we've seen a year's worth of this uh, and how it's impacted uh, uh, the state's economy. Uh, what what does WirePoints think needs to happen here moving forward with uh, still there co- being concerns of COVID-19?
1: Well, I think, um, you know, we're going to come out with a piece pretty soon, but it, it's time for, for, for all those mandates to go away. You know, Governor Pritzker should have been stripped by the legislature a long time ago of his executive order powers. You know, the legislature should be running the state not, not the governor, just with with executive fiat. So that that needs to change, and and the legislature and, and you know Chris Welch and, and and others need to take back that power. But uh, yeah, if you look at the numbers, it, it is just a you know, which is great news, great news for Illinois. The you know the the hospitalizations have collapsed uh, below summer levels. The the you know, deaths are collapsing. The the cases have collapsed. Everything is just collapsed. And you know, as you get this vaccine rolled out, and you know, pretty soon we're going to be close to. You know, a million, a million people who've had the full vaccination. Uh, you've got almost three million doses administered already. So, when you consider the million plus people who've already had COVID, you got the vaccines going, and uh, and the fact that the numbers are so favorable, it's it's really time to open up. And and I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on, on Governor Pritzker to do that. We've got to open up our schools. We got to get our economy going again. And you know, the poor bars and restaurants, uh, just destruction. So it's it's time. It's time. It's been a whole year. He should should have never had that power, but uh, even if he did, it's time to give it up.
0: Ted Dabrowski, WirePoint's president. Greatly appreciate your time. We'll talk again soon, all right? Thank you, Greg.